Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have in-depth and meaningful conversations with various instructors, organizers, and musicians in the colorful and exciting world of Argentine tango. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thank you very much for joining us. Our guest today is the co-director and founder of the tango group Cuarteto Tanguero. He is also the group's bandoneon player. I said this before a few weeks ago, if you ever have a chance to hear this group perform live, you gotta do it. They are great and a lot of fun to dance to. Our guest studied classical music at UC Santa Cruz and jazz at Berklee College of Music before traveling to Argentina to pursue a two-year certificate at the esteemed Orquesta Escuela de Tango Emilio Balcarce in Buenos Aires. He spent a total of six years in Argentina and studied with the top bandoneon players and tango musicians there. He's also performed with multiple Grammy Award winners and has been featured as a bandoneon soloist with the Cincinnati Opera, the Dallas Chamber Orchestra, the Lexington Philharmonic, and many others. And with me now is the man himself, Mr. Ben Bogart. Ben, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me and for being on the show. It's been too long. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. So let's let's get right into it. So can you describe the moment when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life? Well, yeah, I was actually introduced to tango in a, in a dance class. I was uh, uh, in uh, Santa Cruz, California, and I went and took um, a class as I was a college student, I went and took a class from some local teachers. Um, and I was uh, probably like many of the people listening, I was just kind of uh, enthralled. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it, it was uh, fascinating. And I just like had to do it more, except mm-hmm. at the end of the class, the teachers announced that they were moving away oh. and that there were no other teachers in town. <laughs> and oh, no. um, and they left. And, I, and so then I kind of sat with it for a couple of years until I was in uh, Boston. Mm. Uh, several years later, and 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 started taking classes again at that point with Daniel Trenner and Sharna Fabiano, and 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 kind of have never stopped since oh, nice. since then. Mm-hmm. So, what was your first milonga like as a dancer? <laughs> I like these questions. This is good. Um, <laughs> I was convinced to go to a milonga at, at Providence Tango for my mm-hmm. first milonga, and I lived in Boston, so it was about an hour drive to get there. Oh, wow. And there there were milongas in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was Sharna Fabiano, the teacher of that class uh, in Boston, convinced me to go down there for my first experience. And so I drove an hour, nervous because everybody's nervous when they go to their first Malanga. Yeah. Um, and I pull up to this old, you know, using GPS, I pull up to this old warehouse building mm-hmm. uh, with a big garage door in front, and there's a window. And I kind of see people like it looks like they're like floating by the window, like uh-huh. ghosts. <laughs> I remember. Nice. And I thought this is really weird. And I kind of sat in my car for a while, and then. Uh, I went inside, and it, it was um, fortunately for me, it was it was very welcoming, and people were very mm-hmm. um, nice. And I just remember kind of uh, being stricken both by uh, how much was going on, uh, you know, like how how much there was beyond what I knew, but also how welcoming the community was. And so mm-hmm. that's yeah, kind of how I ended up. Uh, that was probably the the next most important thing for keeping me in the dance. Okay, excellent, excellent. So you became a bandoneon player, but so but before that, what specifically about the bandoneon grabbed your attention as a musician? I want as a kid, I wanted to play piano because uh, I, I really liked this idea of being able to accompany myself, to be mm. able to, if necessary, do everything that um, I would need to do to to do a performance, or mm. I could incorporate myself, you know, with with other musicians to perform. Uh, I didn't get to play piano. We didn't have a piano, and 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 that that didn't really work out. I ended up mm-hmm. playing saxophone. Oh. 
my degree is in saxophone performance. Um, and it, so saxophone is a reed instrument. Um, you know, it tends to be more melodic. And, and so when I came across the bandoneon, I found that it had everything kind of that, that, that I liked, right? It, had, it was a reed instrument. I mm -hmm. could play expressive melodies on it that I couldn't, in a way that I couldn't play them on a piano. Mm -hmm. um, but it had a full keyboard. Um, and so I could also sort of self-accompany or uh, play works that were uh, for solo bandoneon. Mm -hmm. And um, pretty much as soon as I tried one, I, 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 had, I, I couldn't stop. Same thing. Wow. Wow. Excellent. So you studied classical and jazz, um, both really big musical genres. So uh, just a really quick question. How, how is tango music perceived at music schools? <laughs> uh, depends on the music school. Okay. Um, it, in the United States, well, it really depends on the music school. Okay. Um, some schools really shun it as mm. sort of just a, a you know just a popular genre that it has no relevance. Okay. Um, we I know that one of the piano players I've played with in the U.S. Uh, his teacher told him that he had to stop playing tango music that it was wow. going to ruin him. Mm. On the other hand, I think there's other schools uh, that have been very welcoming uh, mm. to the genre. There, there's uh, uh, you know Reed has a whole summer institute. Um, we're working with St. Mary's College in Indiana, and they have a we have a summer program there. Mm -hmm. So at, at Texas Tech University, they have a um, an outreach program for a, a district-wide high school tango ensemble that's sponsored um, in at least in part by the university, and and they have a, a college music ensemble. I'm just listing a few off the top of my head. Oh, okay. There are more. Sure. Emory sure. College um, has a program, also. Um, and so so some universities have really embraced I see. tango and and really you know mm -hmm. uh, bring it in what else was, oh and then you ha and then also even indiana okay. university uh, has one but it, but has a tango scholar here but she's mm -hmm. um a, here the program is so big that um she's in in uh, ethnomusicology which is actually separate from the music school I so see. Um, so it's 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 making its way into universities. Good. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I kind of wondered if that was a similar, um, if I can make an analogy between like art schools and the way they perceive uh, graphic novels and comic books. You know, literature programs and, and art programs kind of shun comic books, but they are arguably their own art form. I was kind of wondering if Tango might kind of be an analogy there. So, Absolutely, it's a popular yeah. music, and and so yeah. it's like it's like it's a popular art. Mm -hmm. um, I think mm -hmm. that now we're living in the the time we're living in for art is a time where we're starting to accept popular art as yeah. as a kind of art, which mm -hmm. which we have in the past as well, right? Yeah. But we we've gone through a period of of shunning. Uh, popular art. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So can you describe your first time playing live music at a milonga? Well, I sure. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I got it. So the way I got the bandanion is one of mm -hmm. my uh, tango students, or not even a tango student, a, a member of the tango community mm -hmm. uh, in uh, where I was teaching tango brought in a bandanion and kind oh, of just nice. set it on my lap and said, hey, mess around with this while everybody's getting ready for class. And I did. <laughs> And then I, after class that night, I went online and, and over the next couple of days, I found one to buy and had nice. it shipped to me. So I had a bandanion within about two weeks. That's great. Now, and I'll, I said, all right, mm -hmm. I, I said, all right, I got to learn to play this thing. Mm -hmm. And what the, I know now from my experience as a, as a musician at that point mm -hmm. that the, the, I need to be playing it in front of people. Mm -hmm. And so I had a Friday night milonga that I, um, I ran. Mm -hmm. And so I just learned a song. I tried to learn La Cumparsita. And mm -hmm. I just, at the end of the milonga, when the milonga was over, I sat down with the bandanion and tried to play it. And it was, you know, 
failed miserably. Um, but it didn't, I mean, it was really, it was, it was my community and people were very supportive again. Mm -hmm. And so like when I couldn't play stuff, people would just sing the parts I couldn't play and I would sing stuff and you know, it was a lot of fun between everybody. (laughs) I I can't imagine you failing on a Bananeon. It was, it was fun times. It was good. Excellent. Yeah, so just so you, for those of you who are her list who might not be familiar with the Bononeon, it, it is not an accordion, but you know you might draw similarities between that and accordion. Now, uh, as you say, it has a keyboard, but not a keyboard like an accordion does. So are those keys, are they arranged in any particular order or are all Bononeons different? Uh, there are many kinds, I'll say several kinds of Bononeon, okay. so several Bononeon keyboard layouts wow. available in the world, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one that we use for playing tango. So uh, the Rhine issue layout that we use for playing tango is the same across all Bandanions with possibly a couple minor changes, but they're rare. I see. Um, but they're not arranged on the keyboard in in any logical order, which uh, I don't know if that was the, the next question. Sure, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, um, absolutely. The, the, if you look at the Bandanion keyboard, mm-hmm. if you go to... Um, benbogart.com there's a keyboard layout if you okay. poke around a little bit you can find it if you're mm-hmm. musicians who are interested uh, or piazzola also has a video where he describes the keyboard layout and uh okay. i mean there's there's no logical order to it mm-hmm. there's a there's a very small part of the keyboard in the middle that has a very uh logical sequence of keys in a minor that that dates back to way before the bandanion became you know what it ended up becoming mm-hmm. um and everything else the story goes everything in tango stories right so the, right, yeah. the, 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 the story goes <laughs> that in every town kind of in germany there was like the local bandanion player and mm-hmm. teacher and he and he would say you know or he or she would say yeah i think i need an a right here and then you mm-hmm. take it to the local luthier and he would add a note there oh. and then you know the next guy would add another note and so different towns <laughs> would even have different keyboard layouts and oh neat somebody tried to kind of come up with a big compromise layout mm-hmm. uh, which is how we got our keyboard layout. okay which also was not popular in europe but you know it, it ended up becoming popular in argentina ah. but but it was not a popular keyboard layout in okay europe. and i think uh, if i remember correctly it was an instrument that was uh used widely in churches that couldn't afford organs was that true i don't think it was ever used widely in churches um i I could be wrong about that i think it was was designed i mean one well back to the folklore right back to the stories i I don't know how much of the stories are verifiable but Mm -hmm. um one of the ideas of how the the came to argentina was that it came as a a portable lap organ for, for churches i see um and and that quickly made its way into bars and wow uh, <laughs> and, and didn't have so much of a place in 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 the church but you know <laughs> wow yeah yeah that's like that may have been true of everything in argentina at the time so. <laughs> interesting very cool so fast forwarding um now you're part of cuarteto tanguero again i mentioned if you got you got to hear this group live if you haven't already there are so many amazing tango songs to choose from how how do you select which tango songs to add to the to the repertoire of your group. Oh, okay, so Cuarteto Tanguero uh, has a process mm-hmm. where we collaborate with with DJs, mm-hmm. uh, with tango DJs, to decide which uh, repertory is going to be the best for our group. Um, when I say for our group, I really mean for uh, our role as a tango dance band. So mm-hmm. taking into account which songs are currently popular, um, which songs are going to function well as for a quartet, um, which songs are the, 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 you know, how people react to certain songs. And, and, mm-hmm. and um, th- that, that 
uh, information is changing all the time, slowly, but changing all the time. Mm. And I, I, I was a tango DJ in the past, but it's been many years since I did that seriously. So I find being in contact with current DJs mm-hmm. really, really um, helps us. And that's that's our role at this time. Where you know we we think that connecting with dancers um, through the music that they're most familiar with is the best way to get people in the United States uh, dance community in the United States to accept. Uh, live tango music mm-hmm. um, as something that they they might be interested in dancing to, but I think we're coming to a point in mm-hmm. the development of tango music in the United States yeah. where it's going to tolerate some deviation from that plan. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually time that that, we, that tango groups start to deviate, and many are. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so that process is likely to change here in the I future. See. I see. Yeah, that kind of segues into another thing I wanted to ask you about. So, you know, with other dance styles like salsa or bachata, I mean, there's new music for dancers that's being produced every year. Um, right. But at every milonga, you know, you know that, that I've been to or, every, or that you've been to in the world, we hear, you know, the same wonderful recordings from the 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, do you know if there's any interest out there right now in creating new tango music that's intended for dancers? Absolutely. It's... Uh... I, I hate to start any sentence with in Argentina, but I'm going to, um, <laughs> it, it, because I don't think it matters it, mm-hmm. for for the sake of this. You know, what I mean, this is now a world culture. But yeah. if if we're looking at what's happening in Buenos Aires right now, we have um, on any night of the week you can go hear a, an an orchestra play new music or new arrangements of tangos that are intended to be danced to, mm-hmm. and. And while they're not playing in the style of the 1940s orchestra, there is a, um, a, a modern aesthetic to dance tango music that is developing in that community mm-hmm. that at least some portion of the population likes. I mean, mm-hmm. they have, the bands have following, followings, and people will go see them, and people enjoy dancing to the music. And, I, and when I say people, I mean beginner, intermediate, and advanced dancers. So uh, th- there's a cultural change happening on that front in, in Buenos Aires, for mm-hmm. sure, and there's tons of new music that people can uh, look at to, to dance to. Excellent. Great. Yeah, so um, along the lines of, of music and, and students who are learning to dance, um, and they're just, you know, a lot of our students are just getting into it. I, I asked Daniel this question. I'd love to, to pick your brain on it. What, what should beginning students listen for? Beginning students, right? Just, just starting so, to get, just, just starting to get into the whole musicality part of it. Um, yeah. I, 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 so musicality can get can get very deep. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of levels, and you can dig and dig and dig, and, and as you do, and you should, mm-hmm. um, it gets more and more interesting. But I think you have to get used to certain basic concepts of 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 tango music first. Mm-hmm. One is extremely basic which is the pulse but some some people just have trouble hearing that in mm-hmm. tango music because there's no drums uh, yeah. but that's probably a pretty clear one the, the the next one that i think is probably the most important to start listening to even if you can't realize it or don't know what to do with it you know mm-hmm. with your body is the difference between lyrical and rhythmic melodies uh-huh. because tango is not subtle about this mm-hmm. um it's it's something it's one of the characteristics of tango music is that it switches back and forth between lyrical and rhythmic melodies mm-hmm. um, obviously and often yeah uh, and I think that that if if you can even hear that uh, your dancing will be um, more musical yeah. and then the third thing I would say is uh, phrase structure so mm-hmm. um, 
if, if as a beginning dancer you may not know what phrase structure is, mm -hmm. you know, or, or even have an idea of what a phrase is, but you can hear that the music um, sort of settles somewhere, mm -hmm. uh, picks up, moves forward, gets louder maybe, gets quieter again, and then kind of settles again. Mm -hmm. and, and, and hearing those arcs in the music, which are continuous, mm -hmm. uh, I think is the, the third most important thing. Uh, if, you can, if you can hear those three things, mm -hmm. I, I think people will start talking about you as a musical dancer very early in your, in your dance, uh, uh, I won't call it a career, your dance <laughs> adventure. Uh, life, adventure, yeah. Yes, excellent, excellent. Great, so what, what future projects do you have, uh, have in the pipeline? Uh, Quarteto Tanguero? Yeah. We just recorded a CD um, mm -hmm. with the Maestro Julian Parauta directing, uh, sorry, uh, producing. Yep. Um, uh, which will be, I don't know when that'll be available, but hopefully in the next couple of months. We're looking toward uh, reaching out to more uh, tango festivals and trying to get around the country. It's, we've been somewhat limited by my young children. Uh. <laughs> not, not limited, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's a little yeah. bit harder to travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to try to get back out on the road a bit now in the, in the next um, coming years. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're always working on the, the Tanguero workshop, which is a, a workshop that we put on. Um, it moves around a little bit. This year was at St. Mary's College in, in Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a workshop for tango musicians. And, and really we attract a lot of dancers who play uh, instruments. I see. Uh, who are interested in exploring and uh, you know another part of of Argentine tango. Um, yeah. So okay. those are those are, those are probably that's probably the big list. Excellent. Well, we'll follow you around on your on your website. Uh, so yeah, sounds so, good. Yeah. So where where can we find out uh, more information about you? The best place. Uh, well, to find out more information about the band, uh, mm -hmm. you, I would go to cuartetotanguero.com, which mm -hmm. is C U A. Mm -hmm. uh, R-T-E-T-O, um, tanguero.com, or the Facebook page. Um, you can just search for Cuarteto Tanguero. Okay, excellent. I'll have that in our, in our show notes, so we'll know where to find that. All right, Ben, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you got a tight schedule. I've been keeping my eye on the clock because I know you got to go pretty soon. Uh, it's been great talking to you, and thank you so much for your, for your insights and for your knowledge, and I think this will be really helpful for a lot of our students. All right. Thank you, Joe. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoys. I hope All to see right. you guys soon. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Talk to you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was another fun conversation. Ben is a super smart guy, a lot of fun to talk to, and when it comes to the history and deeper nuances of tango music, he can go on forever. I know for a lot of us, especially those who are newer to tango, the traditional music we dance to can seem exotic and foreign, but taking the time to understand it will help. Now, you don't have to become an expert like Ben, but as he said, you can do a lot for your dancing by listening for the lyrical and rhythmic parts of tango music. By lyrical, we mean the smoother sounding, flowier parts of the song versus the rhythmic, which is the sharper, staccato sounding parts. Now, that's a very quick and simple explanation, but if you listen a little more closely to the music the next time you're at a milonga, you'll be able to pick out those sections pretty easily. If you dig a little deeper into the history of tango music, you'll find a lot of neat stories. And as Ben mentioned, we don't know if they're all true, but the folklore of this dance does add a lot of flavor. And as you progress as a dancer, you will no doubt collect a few stories of your own. So thanks again, Ben, for sharing your thoughts, telling us some of your stories, and giving us a little more to think about.
And to all of you listeners, thank you again so much for tuning into Joe's Tango Podcast. If you enjoy this program and you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star rating, a positive review, and remember to subscribe. It just takes a couple seconds. That does a lot to help more people find this podcast. And of course, sharing this with your friends would also be lovely. I truly, truly appreciate your support. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every week. I'm Joe Yang. Talk to you again soon.